Ether podcast, and uh, we are doing another Ether talk. This is a, uh, a series of our podcasts that exists outside of what we usually do. And what this is is that we invite somebody to come on and talk to us about something that they feel very passionate about, a biblical topic, of course. And today we have the privilege of having uh, Alfredo Valentin. He is a disciple in the Mahan Church of Christ, and he is here to talk to us about the importance of studying the Bible. So, uh, Alfredo, thank you so much for being on. And uh, let me first ask you, um, why do you feel so passionate about this topic? Um, well, first of all, thank you for, for having me on your show. It's definitely a, a great honor and privilege to be able to, to speak to you, you know, and hang out with you for a little bit and with your, your hearers as well. Um, yeah, I mean, as disciples, I mean, none, none, no one has to be persuaded in understanding that you should read your Bible, right? So, so it's not that people are completely ignorant of the fact that we should read our Bibles. But I think it's just a matter of the, the way we read our Bibles and how we perceive Bible study. You know, for a lot of us, unfortunately, we have a, a, a check a box mentality when it comes to Bible study. It's like mm. I get up in the morning and have a cup of coffee. I read, you know, the book, a couple of chapters of the book of John. I'm good for the day, right? And sometimes it is that, right? But there's times where you have to take a deeper dive into the scriptures. It's like any other relationship. You know, when you're married or you have a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, sometimes the conversation is going to be a little, you know, lighthearted. Hey, how you doing? But then there's going to be times where the conversation has to deepen if you're going to have a relationship, right? right. So Bible study is exactly the same way. And I feel like for many of us, we keep it at a superficial and we feel like just cracking open the Bible and reading a couple of words suffices for Bible study, which is, I don't think it's the case. So, uh, You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because uh, we just started uh, a series of videos on how to study the Bible. Um, and I think one of the, the first video that we did was about, was about why should we study the Bible. And I think um, everybody has their reason, right? Like everybody has their own personal reason why they picked up a Bible the first time. But I do feel like in order to stay in the Bible and certainly to enjoy it after years and years and years of that first time, you have to get deeper into it. I do think, and I, I can even speaking for myself, like I feel like there was a time in my spiritual walk where like reading the Bible was felt like this tedious thing. Right. Like I'm doing this because... I know that I have to, right. and I feel that the only thing that got me out of that was digging deeper, you know, and I think, uh, if anything, like you said, it's it's not so much the fact that we, I think we do all acknowledge that we have to do it, uh, but the, the, the how, I think, right. matters a lot, and so how do you, how do you feel like we, we should approach the Bible? Well, I mean, imagine, you know, if everything you knew about your spouse was the only things that you knew from the first four dates. That's <laughs> all you knew about your spouse. Right. How great of a marriage would that be? Right. So, and like you said, you know, any worthwhile, healthy relationship has to deepen in time. And yes, I understand that maybe a lot of people aren't fans of reading. Right. But 
it's it's a luxury that we actually have these collected documents in a book called a Bible, you know, because our our spiritual brothers and sisters didn't have that luxury. You know, if they want to look at the, the scroll of Isaiah, they had to go to the synagogue, right? right. All of us, right. we have that same scroll on our phones right now. You know, so within seconds, you could read the same scriptures. So, um, yeah, it's, and again, you know, when we study Bible people and we do like the word study, one of the things that we tell people is that you should know the word because this is what's going to judge you at the end. Right. And, and we always ask people, so if that's the case, how well should you know your Bible? And of course, the response should be, well, you should know it very well. Like, exactly. That doesn't end after you finish that study. You know, you have to continue with that conviction. It's like, man, my life is compelled by these words that have been written. And I have all these words, you know, these words that bring life, the words that have made me a new creation, you know. And it doesn't stop once you're baptized. You know, that's the beginning of your discipleship, not the end. And in order for you to continue, you have this guide, you know, to really show you how you should maneuver in this fallen world. And if you don't take advantage of that, you are at a disadvantage, you know, so. <clears throat> what, what do you feel the disadvantage is? Well, Right in the Old Testament, one of the prophets says, "My people perish for lack of knowledge." Right, and in this world, especially in living in the quote-unquote information age, mm. information is a high commodity. You know, people become billionaires or lose their jobs because of what they know or do not know. Spiritually, it's the same thing. You know, the more we know, the more we can apply, the more we can mature in our faith. If you look at all the epistles that Paul writes to the various churches, the, the ongoing theme in all the letters is his wantingness to have the churches grow in their faith, right? To become more like Christ. Mm. And there's definitely a, a bunch of ways where that can occur. But one of those ways is understanding and study, you know? So I don't want to say that reading the Bible is the end all be all. Of course not. Because... Uh, in the first century, very few had copies of the scriptures, right? It was all based on the oral tradition. Right. But, um, but even with that, they met every day by Solomon's colonnade. Why? To hear the word of God. Right. So even though they didn't have copies of the books, they understood that I need a copy of these, these words of Jesus in order for me to change. Right. So, and the same thing goes for us today in 2018. We need to be around these words so that not only that we change, but we can help others change as well. Let me uh, let me throw this at you, and let me preface what I'm about to say by yes. saying that I don't agree with it, but I certainly would like to get your opinion on it, and I think we can discuss it a little further. Sure. Because both early on, when I when I became a Christian, and I was sort of began my journey of of uh, being a Bible reader, if you will, um, and all throughout my spiritual walk, I've encountered the person that says, uh, well, you know, like some some biblical knowledge can be ha harmful or, 
you know, the message of the gospel is really simple. So there's not a lot that you need to know. And certainly I feel like some of that comes from uh, the fact that there there is some scholarship that uh, at the core of it is a certain degree of disbelief. Um, but I, I do feel, and, and again, let me preface this by saying that I don't agree with that, that, that perspective. Right. But I do see that there's uh, some reservation, especially coming from um, from certain people. I think in in leadership, and I don't want to paint leaders in a bad light. And I think right. really where they're coming from is is from a place of trying to protect people, and I think that's noble. Right. Um, but what would you say to somebody that told, that would come and tell you like, hey? There's no need to delve so deeply into the Bible because the message of it is simple or, you know, there's some danger into delving really deeply. Like, what would you say to somebody who says that? Uh, I would say that I think it's important to keep the gospel simple in a sense that you want people to understand the message, right? So, I mean, that's why Jesus spoke in parables, it wasn't that he was a big fan of agriculture with, you know, sheep and lambs and fields, that that was the language of the people that he was teaching. So he took these really uh, dense theological concepts and put it in these little stories so that people can get it. Right. So if that's what they mean by simple, then I, I actually agree, right? But going back to the whole idea of a relationship, if a relationship is going to flourish, it has to deepen. And nobody ever argues that. You know, no one ever argues about wanting to know the person they, they love in a deeper level. That's never been someone that's like, you know what? After these two dates, I know everything you know about you. We don't need to have any other conversation. Right. No one has ever thought that, right? So, but what has happened is that there have been people, whether growing up or maybe even in the church, where they saw people who were very arrogant and their pride was puffed up and they spoke in a manner in which they were very condescending and they were showing off how much they knew their Bible and they, they used these $10 words and, you know, they weren't compassionate, they didn't care about you and it was all about them. And that gave a negative effect on that person. So when they saw that, they said, you know what? I don't want to be that guy. So let me just stay here and keep things quote unquote simple. And I just feel like it's, it's don't allow that experience to, to be this, the, to prevent you from deepening in your own Bible study. Just because that guy or that girl was a jerk doesn't mean that you shouldn't know your Bible. You know? So, so that's, that's what I would say. Right. Well, let me ask you this. Cause, cause I do think that this is uh, an interesting topic, right? Like how, really the question of like how much should you know right i feel like there's a spectrum right like there's a spectrum of sort of just having like basic casual knowledge and be, being a biblical scholar right and i don't necessarily know that everybody needs to be a biblical scholar right uh but so in your opinion and this is really a matter of opinion which right. you know and i think we can sort of discuss where we fall on this, but like in your opinion, like what is a good, um, I don't know if to, to say a good amount of knowledge is a really w a good way to put it, but like ideally, like how much should we know or 
how deeply ought to ought to we engage with the Bible? I mean, uh, yeah, that, that, that is a good question. I mean, if all you ever knew was the gospel, you would be you would still go to heaven, right? So because there, there isn't like um, a chart in heaven where you know. Well, if you get your MDiv at Harvard, then we're going to put you in this better place in heaven. Like, that's not what's going to happen, right? right. So, and again, the first century disciples, they had the gospel message. You know, a, a lot of these guys didn't have first and second Corinthians, you know, or the letter to Galatia. You know, these letters got compelled, you know, compiled later on. So, all they had was the actual message itself. But, um, but for today's Christian, now that we have all this data, you know, afforded to us, uh, there should be a base level knowledge. And what I mean by that is, I think you should know the difference between a gospel and an epistle, right? Know the difference between the Old Testament and New Testament. Uh, knowing the difference between a historical narrative and poetry, right? Knowing the different genres of books. Because you can't read the book of Psalms the same way you would read Deuteronomy. There's two right. different types of books. Correct. Um, yeah, you should know, you know, the, the basics of what it means to pray, uh, why we're evangelistic, why we should be pure. Um, th those things, those, those base level things. But in, in all those areas I just mentioned, you can go so much more deeper into those subjects. But you should be at least aware of those subjects. I think that's where... The, the base level foundation should be know, know the Gospels, you know, right. know who the apostles are. Um, understand what salvation is, you know. Uh, who are the prophets? Why were they important? What were their messages? You know, uh, things like that, you know. I feel like your basic Christian should have some fundamental understanding of those things. Yeah, you know, I think... Uh, to me, that this is a, a very tricky question, right? Because I think right. there's there's many different aspects that fall into it. Because certainly, um, even thinking, even thinking of the different types of people that come to the gospel, right? Right, and I think even um, even not just thinking about the U.S., but thinking of other countries. Mm -hmm. You know, there's people uh, both here and abroad, but more more abroad uh, as far as like literacy level mm -hmm. um, that would have challenges in reading scripture and like right. really studying it deep. deep <coughs> and certainly I think um, a lot of times even like your even within this country, your your educational background, like somebody who who's college educated and somebody who isn't, isn't going to approach the Bible the same way. Right. Um, but I, I do think, and, and, and sort of where I've fallen on this, right. Of, of how, how much we should know. Like, I feel like everybody, no matter their age, their education level, their, um, their age. Did I already say that? Mm -hmm. Um, sort of the their level of, of how much they feel um, they're sort of like book driven or not no matter where where you fall on the spectrum of all those things I feel 
like everybody should strive to know the Bible as good as they can. Absolutely. And and I think we were very fortunate, right, that we live in an age in which you can learn the Bible and what's in it, not just by reading, but I feel like now there's there's so much material out there, whether it be like whether it be a podcast like this one mm-hmm. or there's tons of podcasts out there about the Bible and there's tons of uh, videos and there's tons of things that you can watch or listen to uh, that I think we live in an age that, that more and more we're people don't necessarily have uh, limitation to the ways in which they can approach the Bible. So I think even somebody, for example, who, who isn't a great reader, I had a friend uh, who, who was adopted, who was adopted like later in life. Like he, he was, he was Chinese by birth Mm -hmm. and he was adopted when he was uh, nine or 10 years old and he could read very little Chinese, uh, forget English Mm. And uh, he is in his 20s now, I believe, and he speaks English fluently. Right. But because he didn't necessarily grow up in this country and he came very late to sort of the uh, literacy game, if you will, like he has a really hard time reading in a way that enriches his walk with God. Like to him, reading is a lot more frustrating than it is constructive. Right. But he got an audio Bible and the way that he studies the Bible is by listening to some dude reading scripture to him. Right. And you know, this, this guy is, uh, is, a, has been a minister. He's gone on mission trips. Wow. He's converted people. And I think to me, he is such a great example of, you know what, like no matter where I'm at, no matter where I fall in my literacy level or how I came to the Bible or anything, I'm going to do my best to engage with it. And I think, and again, I think because, because there, there is so many variables as to like, what should be the right level. I think everybody needs to try their best, man. I feel, I feel like if, if you have a, a college background and you've, and you've, college isn't easy, you know what I mean? And if you've, if you've been in school enough to know how to graduate college, you should sort of engage with the Bible with that degree exactly. of depth. You know what I mean? And I think, and also the man, like I've been blown away by a lot of people who I've known don't have a college education and engage with the Bible in super deep ways. Right. And, and if anything, their Christianity was sort of the foundation of, of them developing some learning habits that they had never had before. Right. And so, you know, I think it's it's one of those things like the Bible can change not only uh, our destiny, if you will, and sort of our our eternity is probably the better way to put it, but it can change even the way in which we choose to, in a sense, educate ourselves. Right. No, absolutely. I feel like, um, well, you know, Paul says in one of his letters that faith comes from hearing the word. Mm. Right. So even though we are reading that statement, we know what he's saying. It's it's if you hear the gospel, right. That's how someone retains faith. 
So an audiobook is, yeah, that's, in fact, that's probably more in line with how things were in the first century than, than you know, a, a reading culture, right? So right. that's absolutely, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with engaging the word of God from a oral perspective. In fact, that's how it was in the first century. Most communities, you know, were illiterate, except for the, the you know, the people who are better off. So, and that's fine, you know, but like you said, with people who are uh, college educated, and honestly, I find those who have their masters and PhDs, those are the ones that struggle the most with their Bible study, mm. in, my, in my experience. And I always tell, tell them, well, the same skill set you use to get your doctrine in this subject, use that same skill set in your Bible study. Right. And they have a really hard time transferring all that research power into their Bibles, you know, but, um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. There can never be a, a standard base level throughout the churches. You must be at this level of proficiency or you're not part of the church. Like it can never be that because everybody learns in different paces, you know, but the, the basic is the gospel, right? Jesus died for your sins. And what should you do about that? Mm. Right. That's the main message. And if you could, and if you could comprehend that, you're fine. But again, chances are, if you do love Jesus, it's not going to stop there. You're going to want to know more about the Savior who got you out of the darkness into the light. You just do, right? You want to know the people that you love better. So, um, let me ask you this, and I think this, uh, I'm going to get on a little bit of a soapbox here. Sure. Uh, because I do feel like one of the things that, that really breaks my heart, man, and, and that I have a, a really hard time with is when I hear uh, leaders express to one degree or another that they don't really need to um, – learn their Bible super well. Mm. And I and, and, and and don't get me wrong, like I feel like uh by and large most of the the leaders that I've been around know their Bible well. But I feel like there's sort of this uh um how can I put this in a way that doesn't that doesn't sound critical because I'm not trying to be critical man. Like I'm right, just right. anything I'm trying to provide some solution. Like mm -hmm. I feel like it, it's happened before and in different places because I've been part of, of many different churches in many different cities where, for example, like the sermons are a handful. You can you can bake on, on any given Sunday out of a handful of like half a dozen topics right. that we're going to talk about. Right, and, right. And, and, see, and here's basically here's what I'm getting at. I feel like there's there's a set of topics – Right, that um, in generally speaking, people have a deep understanding of, and then that's it. You know what I mean? And and a lot of them have to do with, um, I, I guess, what would fall under the category of, of like, to a certain degree, basic knowledge, understanding the cross, uh, you know, sort of all the different reasons why we should study the Bible what we should be in deep relationships, uh, the way that we should feel about sin, 
uh, our degree or of gratefulness. Like I feel like in one way or another, those five or six topics just come up on a constant basis. Um, and I've and I've approached uh, some preachers, and I want to make sure they've never had a bad attitude, nor nor have I haven't necessarily expressed this with a bad attitude. Right. And sort of, in a, in, to a certain degree, observe that those are sort of the things that we always talk about. And I think it's always, uh, and not that the same response has been the same from everybody, but it, whenever I hear, uh, well, people just need the basics. Although I understand that sentiment, and I think there's some merit to that, I also feel like people need depth, and they need to sort of go deeper into things, especially from the pulpit. Right. Uh, and especially when you're talking about people who may be p part of a church for a long time. And mm -hmm. now you're talking about somebody who's been part of your church for 15, 20 years, and they've heard pretty much the same handful of messages. Right. Uh, so what are, you th what, are you th what are your thoughts on that? I um yeah I, I I agree a lot with what you say. Uh, I've definitely you know I've been a disciple now for thirty years in the faith, and I've definitely seen evangelists regurgitate sermons and just change the topic of of the the title of the sermon, and it'll be the same scriptures, the same funny stories, right, and um. <laughs> You know, so yes, yeah, so I think some of it is just laziness because unfortunately the leader has looked at what he does as a job as opposed to a ministry, right? It's just another nine to five gig, right? So that's bad. But um, it, it's also, but it's also a challenge because, you know, on Sundays, that's always been a big push to bring out visitors, Right. And when you're bringing out visitors, you don't know what level of understanding they have of the scriptures. Right. So, I mean, imagine you not knowing your Bible, going to Sunday church, and the pastor is going to talk about the tetragrammaton and <laughs> the, the difference between the royal grant and the Caesarean vassal treaty in Deuteronomy. Like, that's not, they're going to be like, what in the world <laughs> are you talking about? So... You want to have a message that they can understand, right? But at the same time, you want to inspire and encourage the members of the church that's been around for a while, right? So that's, that's a hard balance to keep. But I think at, um, at midweek services, that's where I think we could definitely dive deep into the scriptures. I mean, that's, that's what we do in the Manhattan church. You know, Sundays is very topical. And it's very, you know, pretty simple. But then in midweek, we'll tackle the same subject, but in a much deeper level, mm. you know. And I feel like the church is trying to correct the the inability of, of the pastors and evangelists when it comes to their Bible study. Because um, the teacher we have in, in New York, Steve Kennard, he has a teaching academy now where if you're going to go full-time in the ministry, you have to go through almost the college course in basic biblical theology, gotcha. right? So before, before we put you on the payroll, we want to make sure that you're somewhat proficient in these, these things. 
because you're going to be preaching every day, every Sunday, right? right. So, so we are trying to, to, you know, fix that, you know, the whole regurgitated, you know, uh, the parable of the sower, <laughs> messages, <laughs> right? So, um, so I feel like we are trying to fix that, but it's also up to the leader to really, if, if the leader doesn't love the word of God, then that ministry isn't as well because the, the leader sets the pace, whether we like it or not, he sets the pace. So if you love the word, people will be inspired to do so as well. But if you just punching in and punching out, then the members are going to do like, uh, dude, I think it's awesome that, uh, whoever needs is going to be on staff needs to go through that course. Um, but I, you know, and especially, and the reason why, um, I mentioned that it sort of breaks my heart whenever I hear that is because I think knowing the Bible deeply is especially important if you are going to teach it. Right. And I think even, even the passages that we all know, I think if somebody knows them deeply, take a completely different um, richness, depending on how, how much depth you can present with it. And what I mean by that is like, take the example that you gave, the parable of the sower, right? To go through the parable of the sower and to sort of go through an explanation of all the soils and all that stuff is one thing. But if you bring in sort of an explanation of uh, Jewish agriculture during that time and sort right, of right. try to paint a picture of why would Jesus talk about a sower and its seeds in the first place and you talk about the types of paths that existed and all this other stuff. Like it just takes a whole different dimension to it. And I think right. um, to me, sort of this, this idea um, that we, that we can present the Bible in deeper in, I don't know if innovative ways is necessarily the, the right word, but I think that, the more somebody has an understanding of scripture and the background of it right. and, and sort of a lot of the exegesis, like really being mm -hmm. able to understand like, hey, what did this mean mm -hmm. to the people at the time and what did they understand when they heard this? Like what, what sort of picture did this paint in somebody of, of a Jew in Canaan, you know, in when Jesus was walking around? Like what did this all mean right. to them? I think – being able to do that is just so much richer and it's so much more. And I think ultimately, right. And I think the, the, the reason why we should, we should strive to do that is because ultimately that makes whatever message, whatever class, be it in a big setting or in a small setting, it makes it a lot more about the scripture mm -hmm. than it does about sort of whatever type of presentation that you could come up with. Right. You know what I mean, cause, cause I do think, um, it's it's so easy to sort of fall into the trap of uh, the speaker being good and right. sort of writing that talent right. as opposed to really presenting scripture. Right. And I feel like the perfect combination is somebody who has a talent for public speaking presenting the Bible richly. I think that man, I think to me that's 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 a dream. Right, right. But that's why a lot of what we see in scripture are stories. Right. Right? Because 
people love a good story. And if you have the ability to tell a good story, then it stays in people's hearts more. You know, again, that's why Jesus spoke in these little five, 10 minute stories, you know, because it was easy for people to, uh, to, to understand, you know, cause again, we love stories, you know? And, um, yeah, I, I just feel like it's also important to properly exegete a text so that we don't misinterpret the Bible either, you know, because the Bible's written for us, but not to us. Correct. Right? We were not the original audience that these letters and poems and prophecies were written to. So in order for us not to make any mistakes, we have to first understand it by their audience. But how did they understand it? And then once we understand that, then we can see, well, how does this apply to me in 2018? But that's what hermeneutics is, right? Exegesis is what did it mean to them back then? And hermeneutics is how can I apply this today? Right, so. Right, and I think that, but even I think that that approach, again, it makes, it makes us so much more faithful to scripture. Sure, sure. Um, you know, and, and I'm glad we're having this discussion, especially given sort of the, the series that we started, uh, the series of videos we started, because this is a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about. Right. And at the same time, I, th I think I, I feel like, and I think this is this is what I'm constantly mindful when we're having this conversation, when I'm having this conversation, be it the way that we're having it through a recorded conversation right. or just with my friends. Man, like it's so easy. I feel like, and and certainly I don't want to take the tone, and I don't think we that we have, but I do want to make it clear. We're not talking about snobbery. Like we're not talking about no. being Bible snobs. No, not at all. Uh, and certainly, I do feel, I do feel like there there are some of those out there. Sure. Um. But to me, man, like I feel like the Bible. Um, I see the Bible as such a as such a big responsibility. You know what I mean? Like as 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 somebody who who teaches it, uh, who who makes videos about it, who makes podcasts about it, who talks a lot about it, I feel such a great weight of faithfully presenting scripture, because to a certain degree, I also understand the. Uh, the dangers, if you will, of of not doing so. Right. And I think a lot of what drives my degree of engagement with the Bible is the the responsibility I feel towards it. Mm -hmm. Um you know the fact that it it does provide for us uh as you said before, sort of this is what we're going to be judged by. Right. And when uh, when when Jesus comes back and when our lives end, we are going to to be judged. We're going to be evaluated, if you will. And what we're going to be evaluated by is Scripture and the the uh, the possibility of having taught something that would have led somebody astray. It's such a frightening thought to me. Mm. You know what I mean? That 
I feel like any time that I'm putting something together or or anything, I feel like I need to double, triple check. Like, am I really speaking the truth here? Right. Because again, like I think presenting scripture is such a huge responsibility. It's something that that right. really means something, and the weight of it is 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 great. You know what I mean? Well, you're going to be judged differently, the Bible says, because you are a teacher, right? That's why you're warned not to rush into that position because there's a whole different level of accountability that's going to be hoisted upon you because you're a quote-unquote teacher of God's word. So I definitely appreciate that. And it also shows how much you revere the word of God. And it's important for us to know and to revere the word of God I dare say it's more important now than ever because of the internet, mm. you know, and social media, because right. it's great that we have so much information, but there's so much misinformation as well. And there's a lot of people who are against the Bible and they're using their social media to persuade people not to listen to the word of God. Right. And they have persuasive arguments and they got great, you know, PowerPoint presentations and they're charismatic. And if you're not grounded in the word of God, you could be easily led astray by these people. Right. And I know a lot of Christians spend a lot of time on social media and they're going to bump into these individuals. And if they're not equipped to defend the gospel, there's going to be a problem. You know, so. You know, it's, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I do feel like um, there's what you're talking about, certainly, mm -hmm. and certainly people that are trying to persuade. And I feel and I feel like um, atheism is take is taking a very evangelistic turn. Sure. Like now they're really out to make converts. Right. Uh, and uh, that's an interesting development. Um, but so there's that aspect of it, certainly, right? But there's also the aspect of it that even some of what's out there isn't necessarily biblically sound. Right. Um, and, and I think especially lately in the past couple of years, a lot of what uh, a lot of biblical stuff that I've heard, especially as it pertains to the world of politics. Mm hmm is very uh like people ought to like push back on a lot of this stuff you know what i mean and right. a lot of people don't i think even um you know recently with with the whole tone of politics right i think the what place we should give the bible is become increasingly important because right. I feel like in a lot of people's panic and a lot of people's worry about the world and all of this other stuff, it's, it's kind of like a lot of these political issues have taken precedent over scripture. And I think if we are going to be Christians and members <laughs> of the kingdom of God, we're going to have to be very careful right. as to what we put up first, whether it is some of these uh, political doctrines even. Mm -hmm. Or the Bible, you know what I mean? And I think, and I'll and I'll even offer an example, and and this I had a really hard time with for several reasons. 
but when uh when these when the children were being separated from their parents that were crossing the border illegally right, right. man i had such a hard time because i i would hear from christians some degree or another of this is okay because they're sort of upholding the laws of the land. Right. And to me, I feel like in that kind of spot, right? Understanding scripture is, is so important because I had an objection to that. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily based on on the polit- on the politics of a border or not, right? But a lot of Jesus' arguments with the Pharisees mm-hmm. revolved around their treatment of people right. for the sake of, of the observance of the law. Right. So the Pharisees were overly harsh in applying uh, the law to the sake that to the to the point that it would damage people and one of them one of those conversations is when when there's a a man i think it's with a withered hand or a man who is paralyzed and it's the sabbath and right. jesus right. is going to heal them and the pharisees are there and he knows what they're thinking right and they're thinking right. like oh how dare Jesus do something like this on the Sabbath? Right. What he tells him is like, hey, wouldn't you on the Sabbath like go and find that sheep that you lost and leave the others alone for the sake of this one sheep? So it's the same thing with this. And basically the point of all that stuff is like, hey, people matter more than the law. Right. And I think that's one of those nuances and understanding that that it that in this case, and the, and the reason why I personally was so appalled by this practice that the government took is because it was it was very much that like you were taking the law and putting it over the well-being of people and i think that bothered me but i think it bothered me even more that i had some christian friends right that supported that Right, right and i was like listen man like my my objection here isn't a political one it's a biblical one right and Jesus addressed these kind of things where like the law shouldn't supersede the well-being of people. Right. And, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. and so like, I feel like especially in times like these where things become very nuanced and things are certainly, and I'm not, and again, I'm not trying to make a political statement here. No, no, I get you. But I think what guides my political perspectives is the Bible. And, and that's what I'm getting at. My political perspectives are not, shaped by political doctrine they're shaped by the bible and even i have a friend who constantly criticized me for being a liberal and i tell him all the time like it's not that i'm a liberal or conservative like i I seriously do not consider myself one or the other i'm a christian man and ultimately what guides my views and a lot of these things is the bible and so if i feel something one way or another about a political topic, what my North Star is or isn't, it's not like whether I'm a, I'm a conservative or a liberal. It's right. it's what I understand the Bible teaches me. And if we're going to have the discussion, let's have it around that. And we may disagree right. as to what Scripture says 
on certain political topics, but let's have the conversation as in it relates scripture and not politics. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, you, you said a, a, a lot. Let me, let me focus on the Pharisees first. So the Pharisees, a lot of times when they said, you know, we got to uphear the law, they're not talking Torah. They're talking their own personal law, you know, because they took it upon themselves to police Israel because they felt like, well, since we're the super Jews, and of course we're going to keep the, the Torah, but these simple-minded people, they're not. So what <laughs> we're going to do is we're going to create this hedge around the Torah. So before they break God's law, they're going right. to have to break one of ours first. But as time progressed, their customs became just as sacred as the Torah itself, right? Like, for instance, when Jesus and, and, and his disciples were picking kernels of wheat, and the Pharisees say, hey, you're supposed to wash your hands, right? Because that's the law. It's not in the law. Nowhere in the Torah does it say you got to do that. But in their customs, yes, right. right? So, and what's funny enough, Jesus always challenged the Pharisees' ability to know the Bible. So if you look at most of their confrontations, Jesus always says, well, have you not read? Is right. it not written? It's like, you guys are supposed to be the masters of the Torah, right? But why are you acting as if you haven't read anything? So he actually always challenged their lack of Bible study, even though they felt like they really knew their Bible, but didn't understand the heart behind all these scriptures, right? Now, going to um, the situation at the, at the border, yeah, the Bible says follow the law of the land, right? But if the law of the land goes against God's will, then God's will always prevails. Right. Right? So the, the stripping of children from parents or seeking asylum, even, even if they're not doing it according to the proper protocols of your nation, is still going to be frowned upon from, from, from a compassionate viewpoint. Right. And I think right. that's that's where you're, you're coming from. And I, I totally agree. Like, yeah, we need to follow the law of the land. But if it goes against what God wants, then we're going to we're going to be, quote unquote, lawbreakers. You know, the the apostles were told not to preach in Jesus name. That was a law institute. And I'm like, nah, we, we, we're going to break that. Right. You know, we're going well, to break that. Yeah. So, when they were asked to do that, they were basically asked by the highest uh, legal body right. in in Israel. I mean, right. yeah. Like, nope, we're going to keep doing it just for yourselves, they, they told him, right? So, right. And, and even with um, a lot of people, you know, in our country, of course, a lot of people are, are very upset with our current administration. And a lot of Christians will go on Facebook and Twitter and vent and say all types of things about this, this particular gentleman. And you know, the Bible says that we need to pray for our leaders, right? And again, and that's where knowing your Bible becomes challenging, right? right? Because you see the evil, you see the atrocities, right? And you want to lash out, but the Bible says, no, you got to pray for that person, right? So, and I think that's a, a reason why people don't get deeper in their Bibles, because they know the deeper they get into the Bible, the more they're going to be held accountable for what they know. Right. And people want to plead ignorance because I want to be emotional. I want to make rash decisions. But if I know this Bible, I know I got to, you know, be patient and, and know how to, to discern from right and wrong. I don't want to know that. I want to just fly off the handle. Right. 
So I don't want to know my Bible because if I know my Bible, then I know I can't do these things. So, right. Um, you know, I uh, I feel like, and so sort of this is the direction that we're going in now, right? Uh, mm -hmm. As far as our conversation goes. Sure. Because I do feel, and I don't think that people necessarily think of this enough. I think we don't understand uh, the amount of of impact that the Bible can have in our lives and in the lives of others. And if anything, a lot of what we've touched on really sort of drives the whole point and the idea that we ought to know our Bibles really well, mm -hmm. not just for our sake, right. but for the sake of our impact in the world. Like, I feel like, man, like if there are so many issues that we're battling right now, right. As a society that would be served so well, by people who know their Bibles well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In many ways, a lot of the the societal ills that we that we have, the Bible provides very sound solutions to. Right. And if anything, the reason why we ought to know our Bibles well is to be able to provide those solutions on our everyday interactions with people. And I think if, 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 we, if we're, and I think, and again, we don't, we don't understand this enough. I think if we're faithful to scripture, we can make the world a better place. And I think people who don't necessarily believe in the Bible would sort of cite examples in which, in which Christians did bad things. And right. what I would say to that is that those Christians weren't being really faithful right. to scripture. They were being faithful to maybe like their religious understanding of scripture, mm -hmm. but had they really understood scripture, they wouldn't have done what they did. And so to me, I think one of the, one of the places that this conversation is very relevant for is that if we really want to change the world and if we really want to make a difference in this world, the perfect place to start is with delving really deep into our Bibles. Right. No, I, I definitely agree because the more you know, the more you have to obey, right? Because the, the beginning premise of Christianity is Jesus is Lord, right? So if he is Lord, that means we are the servants. That means we take direction from the Lord. The more we understand the directions, the more we have to obey, Right. Right. And in fact, David, in one of his Psalms, he says that I know more than all my teachers because I obey mm. the word. So you might not register high in the IQ test, but if you obey God, people will think you're brilliant. Be because the Bible, as you said, has the cure for what else society, you know, of, of oppression and all different types of prejudice, whether we're talking about classism, racism, you know, sexism, all these things are done away with if someone just obeys and follows the teachings of Jesus, right. you know, but you have to apply 
these teachings first, right? So it's not just knowing the word of God, it's applying the word of God. And if you apply it, people will see that. You know, that's why, that's why Paul says that um, we are his letters of recommendation. You know, you, you are the gospel message people are going to read. They might not ever open a Bible, but they're definitely going to look at how you behave and act, especially in crisis situations. And they're going to look at you. And depending on how you act will help them understand what it means to be like Christ. Mm. So, yes, you know the word of God, but you have to apply it in real time. And it's that application of your understanding that's going to help change the hearts of people. Yep. You know, I think what all of what you just said there is uh, the perfect place to uh, end this here podcast. Cool. Uh, I do want to thank you a lot, man. Thank you for being on. Uh, thank you for having this conversation. I certainly enjoyed it, and I hope that people who are listening uh, did. And if anything, I hope uh, that when they're done listening to us, they're going to feel a greater urge to delve deep into their Bible. So thank you so much for being on. And uh, uh, for those of you listening, also thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can, if you want to get in contact with us and give us any feedback on any of the stuff that we produce, uh, you can do so by getting in touch with us either through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or through YouTube at EtherMMC. And uh, for those of you who support us on Patreon, we thank you very much. We're able to produce this content. Thank you. Thanks to your support. And uh, if you'd like to become one of our Patreons and support us, support what we do financially, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash EtherMMC. And thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next one.